Hi, this is Bria Wood, and you're listening to Returning to Love Show, which is a video show that I shoot with my friend Lydia McCarty. Here we have the audio for you so that you're able to listen as a podcast if you're not able to watch the live show. I hope you enjoy. This is our very first one where we're basically just talking about an introduction to A Course in Miracles. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, My name is Bria Wood, and I'm joined by Lydia McCarty, and tonight we are talking about A Course in Miracles. Lydia, say hi. Hello. <laughs> so anyway, we had started this because um, we've both been studying A Course in Miracles for many years and not as consistently as I would like for myself. So I I thought this would be a great way to be able to have a community around it and discuss things with other people um, in regards to the course and also help keep me accountable as far as doing the lessons and studying it uh, more consistently. So Lydia, what um, what attracted you to wanting to do something like this? Well, of course, the miracles of the actual show. The actual show. Oh, um, you know, like the spiritual discipline of A Course in Miracles is just something that I want to it's just something that I want to live my life by. Those are principles that I want to live my life uh, according to. And um, what better way to learn it and to live it than to teach it? Because we teach what we most need to learn. So yeah, that's why I I wanted to do it. That's a really good way of looking at it as well. Uh I don't know if I want to be a course teacher, so to speak, but I definitely want to study it more and practice mm-hmm. it more. And that's like the big thing is very, is meant to, for the, that practical application mm-hmm. and just reading about it isn't enough. You have to practice what it says. So here's a copy of it. Um, this book has the text, the workbook and the manual for teachers all in one. Uh, originally when my family was uh, introduced to it in the early 90s, each book was in a separate book about this size. So it's nice to be able to have them all together. And um, if you don't have one, you can get it on Amazon or at your local bookstore. And also a lot of libraries have it as well. And it's available there. Um, But anyway, do you want to talk a little bit about how you got into the course and what attracted you to it? Well, maybe you should start off with that, Bria, since you are actually the one who introduced it to me. Oh, so okay. I'd like to hear your background about it first. <laughs> well, mine came through my introduction to it. it I guess it came through my mother, who, but came through my mother's mother, my grandmother. And so that side of the family, we were raised Christian science. Um, in Christian science religion, which my grandmother learned about sometime in the 1950s. So she raised her kids in it. And we went to a Christian science church when I was little. So somewhere around the early 90s, 92, 93, um, my grandmother read A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. I th- and I think that was her introduction to the course. She might have found the course first and read the book later, but 
I just I remember them both around the same time. So anyway, she had moved back to Delaware at that time. We were still living in Michigan and she told my mother about it and she sent uh, the three books to my mother to read. So I remember seeing them and looking at them. I think I was like in middle school, mm -hmm. but uh, my mother didn't really introduce me to it till I was in high school. And so when I was like 16, every day after school, I had to sit with her for an hour and we go through the lessons. And yeah, I didn't want to do it. But <laughs> what did you think about it back then? I, I can just imagine because reading it as an adult is. Yeah, it, for, it, because we were raised in Christian science, it didn't. It wasn't that far a gap for me because like a lot of the things it talks about, like the course, you know how it talks about the ego. Mm -hmm. That's the way Mary Baker Eddy calls what she calls mortal mind in Christian mm -hmm. science. So when I started learning about the ego, I'm like, oh, okay, that's just mortal mind. And so some of it I could, you know, was easily accepted. It was just different words for kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. But then like the whole non-duality part of it I think is kind of I think that's hard for anybody to grasp <laughs> mm -hmm. there is really no good and bad there is really no right and wrong everything just it you know what I mean mm -hmm. I think that's hard for anybody who's living in the world to grasp at first mm -hmm. so that was probably my biggest challenge and then when my brother started doing it with us, he was like in his rebellion puberty phase. So he just resisted everything about it. Everything. Uh -huh. So pretty much the whole hour will be him asking my mother questions and her getting annoyed. And <laughs> but so that was my introduction. It was through my grandmother that came through my grand my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And so I've never done the lessons consistently um always start and stop start and stop start and stop but i don't think i've ever made it through all 365 of them um i've read the text and i reference the text but it's not something i do every day it's not something i do any type of consistently and so that's what i'm wanting to change <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so I still watch videos on the course or listen to the audios of the course. Um, I read authors or works of people who study the course. But it's just that practical application of it. Oh, yeah. That I'm missing that I want to. That's what I want to get into. Mm -hmm. So what about you? Uh Okay, so I'm just going to go back to childhood. I've always like sort of been, I've always been very curious and I never, um, I never quite believed the world story, like about what it, what the world is. And, um, you know, adults would say, this is just the way the world is. You're, how did I get here? Well, you're just you're just here. Or then you have people, I had people in my family who um, were Christians and then, you know, they just point me in the direction of the Christian um, theology and, and the origin of the world. And it just, 
You were um, born in sin. No. <laughs> yeah, and then like the those, um, you know, it just didn't make sense to me. There was just a lot missing. You had a lot more questions. Yeah, and so I knew something was off. Like I had this feeling. Let me tell you, as a little girl, I used to believe that the world disappeared when I wasn't looking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So like even like at a little at a young age like that, I had um like an under and like an instinctive understanding of what you know like in quantum physics they call it the observer. The like observer the world effect. isn't real unless yeah, you're it, like it's a, a it remind me it reminds me of um that Shakespeare quote like all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players and they have their exits. And their entrances, and one man in his time plays many parts. Mm -hmm. So I sort of instinctively knew that. And um, so I was like, I became a natural seeker um, throughout my life. And I was drawn to stuff like astrology and new age thought, conspiracies, um, <laughs> the, the, you know, the occult, even a little bit of quantum physics. Um, and none of those really provided the answers that were truly satisfying to me. Uh, and so eventually in 2009, I had like this mini breakdown while dealing with like these health issues and a career and career issues. I wasn't sure where I wanted to go in my career. And I remember I was on the phone with you and it was a little while after I had uh, started reading Infinite Love is the Only Truth by David Icke. Mm -hmm. And in it, he recounted a Hindu myth on the origin of the universe um, that he learned on how in the beginning there was just this oneness and a part of oneness decided to leave. And upon realizing this, it felt a sense of, of loneliness and separation. And in its division, it created more and more division, which eventually created the, the world. And this loneliness and separation permeated the world um, as, as fear. And in that form, it was fear. And so that uh, resonated with me, but I needed more than that. It still wasn't enough because it didn't answer for me the questions of, you know, where is God in all of this? How could God let this happen? Mm -hmm. How could God just stand by and do nothing at all? Mm -hmm about the evil and the suffering of the world and how do we get out of here and return to the state of oneness. And I remember it was then that you recommended A Course in Miracles to me. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> I don't. I remember this conversation that we had. <laughs> and you recommended A Course. I think this was like the second time you told me about it. Um, but anyway, so I that in 2009. Uh-huh. We we had so many conversations back then about so uh -huh. many things because I was kind of all into the occult stuff too, looking at all of that. But mm -hmm. I, I think too, um was I reading Disappearance of the Universe then, or had I finished reading it and I think I recommended that to you? Yes, you did. The and you I think that's mm -hmm. I think you read that before the course, right? Yes. Uh okay. You told me about that book. And so that's what led me on the court, uh, the track to read in A Course in Miracles. So I started with um, the, disappearance, the disappearance of the universe. And then like eventually in, I think in like 2000, 
2011, I started reading uh, A Course in Miracles, the text, and then I started the workbook. And then it took me like a year and a half, a little over a year and a half to do the entire workbook. So it took me longer than just one year. At least um, but you I finished it. It's been <laughs> 20 years. And I, <laughs> I eventually read. But, um, you know, even then, even reading uh, the text and doing the workbook, there was a lot of things that I was not ready to accept. You know, what you mentioned, non-duality, that is non-duality and forgiveness, and which is a principal theme of the course. And that is not easy to do. Mm-mm. And you have to be, you have to be, because like the Course of Miracles, it's like you have to be disciplined. Yeah. Absolutely disciplined. And you have to be ready because as far as spirituality, like A Course of Miracles is like, the end of the road, like the the alt, it, it leads you to give up the ego, mm-hmm. the false self, and yeah, um, I, I was not ready for identity. that. Yeah, absolutely. And but of course, in miracles, I re- I remember um, when I was reading it, like they always say, of course, Kenneth Wapnick, one of the greatest, the the great uh, course teacher, teacher course teacher. You know, to me, he helped me a lot. Not mm-hmm. to make hierarchies, but he yeah, yeah. He he helped me a lot. He he's the one that has has helped me the most with understanding the principles of the course. Like the course is written, he's he used to say at, for at the level of the mind. So mm-hmm. this is the the collective mind that we all share, but not the conscious mind that we think we are. Right. Um, the higher what has often been referred to as the higher mind and spirituality. And um, so I can remember reading that book and just even if I did not consciously understand what I was reading, like my mind understood it. Mm-hmm. And I can just remember like crying there was a part of me, my mind, that just understood these words um, to be so true. That's because it, Yeah, I can remember like being in Barnes and Noble and just like breaking down <laughs> in the cafe. With I can so see you doing it too. And I didn't even understand everything that I was reading, but my mind understood it. Mm-hmm. And even now, like, I'm just, I go through like the text and I read passages and I, I'm just now like consciously being able to accept these things. And it really did provide what was so, so satisfying to me about A Course in Miracles is that it really did provide the answers regarding the true nature of God, the true nature of the universe, the seeming birth of the ego, um, AKA the false self, um, why we appear to be here as individual separate beings, um, separate from everyone else, and um, the origin of the separation. It talks about that and the guilt that resulted from that. Because I always wonder, where does fear and, and hatred come from? Yeah. And it actually had an answer for me. I mean, it's deeply psychological, and it helped to explain you know, my thoughts, where do these thoughts come from? Right. Um, and it explained the true nature of fear and the importance of love and the true nature of love mm-hmm. and ultimately how to realize it's a guide to realizing enlightenment and returning home 
um, to God. It is really a, a complete self-study spiritual thought system that helps to replace the world's usual thought system of fear with the Holy Spirit's thought system of love. And in the course, the Holy Spirit is the right mind. The ego right. is the wrong mind. The Holy Spirit is the right mind. And it helps you to think with the Holy Spirit and to reinterpret um, what you see through the Holy Spirit's eyes. The Course says the Holy, the Holy Spirit sees your illusions without believing in them. Right. It's, it's yeah. all about changing your perceptions of Absolutely. everything. Everything. I love how you described it. That was awesome. But it is as you, because even like the stuff that I didn't understand, and it's probably mm -hmm. still stuff, but even like, I don't know if you remember, we were talking to my mom. She says she's read the text. I don't even know how many times. And she, said, like, she doesn't times. even remember reading it Yeah, before. Like, did I read that before? So it's like, as your level of consciousness, you know, I think expands, you're able to take more understanding from it, you know, more at the conscious level. Because like you said, I believe mm -hmm. subconsciously, it, it still works, even if you don't get it consciously. Yeah. You always get something. I get to something different from it anytime I read something from it, and it it seems to always be what I need at that time when I'm mm -hmm. reaching for it. So I was like, it's no point in. I have these tools that I was given. I I need mm -hmm. to use them. That's why I want to get better with my practical application of it because yes, that's what yes, it is. Yes. It's, it's the daily application. Like I can. Mm -hmm. I can spew all the you know, the words from it and 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 kind of explain it to people, but if I'm not applying it when I perceive things and or have judgments during my day, mm -hmm. then it's not benefiting me. So mm -hmm. I really want to get better with uh, my practical application. Yeah, and also what I uh, love about it is that it's it's like foolproof like the thought system is just like there are no holes in it mm -hmm. and when you apply the principles they always work they always work yeah every time, mm -hmm. every time. i did want to read the introduction today oh for some people who um may not be familiar with it i would think anybody joining would probably have already heard of it or been a student of it but mm -hmm never know but the introduction is short and i love it so i just want to read that part and then we can talk some more about it okay um, this is a course in miracles it is a required course only the time you take it is voluntary free will does not mean that you can establish the curriculum it means only that you can elect what you want to take at a given time the course does not aim at teaching the meaning of love for that is beyond what can be taught it does aim, however, at removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence, which is your natural inheritance. The opposite of love is fear, but what is all-encompassing can have no opposite. This course can therefore be summed up very simply in this way. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. <laughs> I love that. It's I love it too. So short and simple, but very, very profound. So can you talk about what you think, like the course, how it defines love for you? 
Oh, wow. Um, there is actually, um, I'd like to read something from the preface. Um, let me see here. I just want to find it for us. I think in the book, I'm reading it on a Kindle, but I think it says text page 11. So it's on page 11 and it, it talks about love from the course's point of view versus love from uh, the world. And I just want to start off with that. Is um, it in the escape from darkness part? It's, it, started, it starts as, uh, the sentence starts, sin is defined as lack of love. It okay. says in the gotcha. text, it's on page 11. Okay, go ahead. Not in okay. mine, but mine is the combined volume, so. Okay, did you find it? Mm, it's no, go ahead, I'll just listen to you. Okay. Sin is defined as lack of love. Since love is all there is, sin in the sight of the Holy Spirit is a mistake to be corrected rather than an evil to be punished. Our sense of inadequacy, weakness, and incompletion comes from the strong investment in the scarcity principle that governs the whole world of illusions. From that point of view, we seek in others what we feel is wanting in ourselves. We love another in order to get something ourselves. That, in fact is what passes for love in the dream world. There can be no greater mistake than that, for love is incapable of asking for anything. I love that. Yeah, me too. That's one of my um, favorite quotes from the whole book, um, because it really helps you to get down to the world's view or the ego's view of love and God's, and the true view of love, the, the true meaning of love. So according to A Course in Miracles, love is not love in the way that the world traditionally thinks about it. Um, a Course in Miracles explains that this world of perceived separation is a dream. And we never left heaven and we remain there with God, our father, just as he created us. Our true reality in, is oneness in which there is no division at all. And the world of perception where we appear to be, um, it, it's a world of separation, of separate bodies. Mm -hmm. And the world looks at love through the ego separating lens of what the Course calls special love relationships, like relationships with our family and our significant others and our friends. Um, and, and even in these, we, we love others in exchange for them meeting our conditional needs. Right. You know, they make us feel special. They make us feel good. They, it reinforces the ego's need for verification of its own existence as an individual. And what's funny to me is almost every person you ask mm -hmm. will describe love as unconditional but yeah. does not love unconditionally. No. <laughs> and that's what no. the course is about. It's like true unconditional love. Yeah, yeah true unconditional love. Um, hold on. Uh, so yeah, the, the ego, um, so, so we use special relationships in order to feel special, in order to, to, to reinforce our own existence. 
And the ego also, it uses um, love relationships, special love relationships for that. But in that, it also succeeds in making our love conditional by limiting it to only those close to us while excluding everyone else. Right. Because how many people do you know that truly love a stranger as much as they love their child or right. their spouse or their friend? They're excluded from our love. So, of course, the miracles explains that when we bask in our individuality through special relationships, we are choosing the separation from God again and again. And when you choose the separation, you choose um, like guilt will always follow that because it's really the destruction of heaven and oneness and the destruction of what God built. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're doing when we bask in specialness and special re special love relationships. And you always get guilt from this. So, so guilt demands punishment. Mm -hmm. it, it always demands punishment. So in order for us to remain an individual and special without the guilt, what we have to do is throw the guilt somewhere else. So that's why the ego created projection and separate bodies. Right. And it's not, it's not me, it's you. <laughs> what did you say? It's not me, it's you. That's They're the right. problem. They're so that, wrong. They wrong right. me. It's Trump. It's, 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 it's like, that's the right now. <laughs> he is a huge object of projection. Woo! Yeah. It's um, everything. It's politicians. It's, it's always something. Yeah, it's, it's my always, body. Yep. It's my body. It's it's sick. Mm -hmm. You know, this is why. Um, but in, in relationships, in special love relationships, um, what the ego does in order to maintain its specialness and its individuality without, without the guilt, what we really do is we, we lay a trap for um, the person we supposedly love. Um, because human beings are needy. Think about the human body. It just, it needs so many, it needs a million different things um, in every moment, you know, if you don't breathe enough, your your body right. will, will seemingly die. Yeah. So no human being could possibly meet every single need that another human being has. Right. Um, and so what we do is the ego is sneaky like this. We'll wait till they inevitably fail to meet some need or expectation that we, that we have. That's right. Mm -hmm. or expectation that we have and then bam we've mm -hmm. got them and now we have successfully thrown out the guilt onto someone else which allows us to remain innocent and we the will victim. be able to that's so right to avoid god's wrath mm -hmm. while we maintain our individuality because they did it they're the ones who destroyed yeah. heaven um, and so that's why so many relationships uh, fail because the, it really wasn't love in the first place. Yeah, it was really murder. As we still, as the course says, we still are brothers in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, and so, special. You get the same thing in special hate relationships. So the ego has special love relationships, those we love. But in a world of separation, you're always going to have duality. So the other side of that coin is special hate relationships. Yeah, and they both serve the same purpose. So that's love according to the world. 
Uh, but remember, according to the Course, we never left heaven and we are still completely one with our Father. And so in truth, none of this ever happened and we are still one. Separation is an illusion. Right. And so in reality, what appears to be a stranger so separate from you is really you just, just as much as you. your own children. Yep. And the reality of that, and, and so recognize, us recognizing that reality returns us to oneness and true love. And true love is something that so few of us can understand in our individual separate condition, uh, conditions as human beings, um, that, of what we think we are, the little me. I mean, David, I call it the little me, <laughs> little me syndrome. But right. oneness, infinite oneness and love is who we really are. And the ego, the false self has caused us to forget this through the illusion of separation and individuality. The world is, is a false veil, really, to blind us to the right. truth of our oneness. And so what I love about A Course in Miracles is that it really helps with forgiving these illusions by getting us to choose Jesus and the Holy Spirit's true vision of the world, which in turn undoes the ego and dissolves the barriers to the awareness of love's eternal presence. I love how, what is his name? The Is it Robert Scheinfeld, the book we read? Oh, yeah, Busty how, Moose. How he describes the world in his book as an illusion. He talks about, like, imagine you're watching, like, your favorite action movie or something, like a great action movie. Mm-hmm. But say the CGI is a little bad or something. He's like, that that will ruin the movie for you. And he's yeah. like, that's why our illusions are so powerful because mm-hmm. um, they're entertaining, and so mm-hmm. it keeps our ego there in the entertainment of the illusion, what we think is the real world. And as he's like, it's like the most entertaining movie you've ever seen. <laughs> Absolutely. Because there's always drama in our lives, right? Always drama. And that's how the ego uh, keeps us distracted. Because if we're always focused on the projection, on the world, on the screen, we don't have time to be still and go back to the mind, which is the projector. And we don't have time to choose again. (laughs) So, like, you wonder, everybody wonders why their lives are such a mess. Well... Because There's that's the movie that. that you want to watch. <laughs> because yeah. if, if something's not entertaining or if you can tell that it's fake, uh-huh. you don't want to watch it anymore. You lose interest. <laughs> like when he described it that way, I was like, wow, that is so true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, we're talking about author uh, Robert Scheinfeld, and I never remember the name of the book, but uh, you can look him up, and he's really active on Facebook as well. Yeah. Busting Loose from the Money Game. Yes, that's the name, the name of, of it. I always yeah. want to call it Unblock or something. But, <laughs> I don't know but yeah, I loved when he described it. He was like, think of an action movie. And he, he just layered it down, and he's like, that's why we keep so much drama. We create so much drama in our lives. And in the illusion, because it keeps us focused on the illusion. That's the illusion we want to see. That's the movie we want to watch. We want to stay entertained in the drama of it all. Yeah. And we're always the victim. 
always too. And so <laughs> we're, we're, we, we're this way because of something out there always that had with this, our, our genes, our DNA, our parents, our, yeah. it, 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 the list goes on and on forever. As when the mind set the whole thing up. Yeah, exactly. But I love the courses, uh, how it really defines love. And it's really, truly unconditional because you hear people say that if you ask anybody now, almost anybody say, can you describe love? The first thing they'll say is unconditional. Mm -hmm. But nobody loves without conditions <laughs> yeah. that I know. And that's how you know that the love is not truly love. <laughs> it's not. Mm -mm. Oh, wow. Nope. So the other thing I wanted to talk about in this first episode is um, how the course defines forgiveness. Because oh, yeah. to me, that's really powerful too. Because like in the world, we think of forgiveness as something, well, yes, you wronged me, but I forgive you. Like I don't hold it against you. And like with the course, to me, court, the course defines forgiveness as like, mm -hmm. like a bank that defines forgiveness when a bank forgives a loan, they just wipe it away. Mm -hmm. And that to me is how the course does forgiveness. It's wiping it away because it's understanding that it, you never wronged me in the first place. Oh yeah. And so it's nothing to forgive anyway. It's just wiped away. And that's, that was like, in addition to the like non-duality, that was like a, mm -hmm. cause that's a part of the non-duality. That was really difficult for me to grasp at first like it never even happened <laughs> yeah because that's when you're because when you're out in the world just like we were talking about um you know like the, it, it's all happening like in the mind anyway and the mind wants to remain separate and so it has to get rid of that guilt right so that's why it projected a world out there and so let like that's what what's really running us like the conscious mind doesn't really run us it's this this unconscious mind and so it it gives us something that appears to be happening it looks so real it feels real it sounds real you know like the body the body computer um is taking in you know, it's like virtual reality. We're stuck in this virtual reality and like it, it appears to be happening. And then we have the mind wanting to get rid of the guilt. So that's why we're so quick to just believe it. Like we can know these principles, but mm -hmm. you know, I, you don't want to put them in action when somebody's in your face. Time. <laughs> uh -huh. Even not in my face, even like social media stuff, because that's mostly the way I'm social these days. But uh -huh. <laughs> That stuff could just pop up and I'm like judgment, like right away. Yeah. And even if I'm, I might be judging the people who are judging. Yeah. <laughs> I catch yeah. myself in that all the time. And then I'm like, yeah. wait, I'm doing the same thing. Just yeah, like as pretending I'm more spiritual because I'm not doing what they're doing. You know what I mean? Again, but, and judgment is how we continue to reenact the separation. Yep. Because if you judge for one thing, you have to judge against another thing. And you're, ju you're just judging against yourself. And like you said, the e ego can be tricky because uh -huh. here I am thinking I'm judging this person who's like all using their ego. 
like, duh, that's my ego yeah. too, judging them, even if I think of it as it being more evolved. It's a judgment is a judgment or something. That's right. So I catch myself doing that daily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why I said I need to put it. But the good thing is, at least I recognize what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I guess, and that's thanks to this for sure. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure there had been a time in my life where I didn't even identify that as being part of the separation that I'm, you know, engaging in or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so tricky. (laughs) That tricky little bastard. Because it really (laughs) is. Just to clarify for people, the ego in itself, like, isn't even real. What it is, is the part of the mind that wants to remain separate. separate. And it's not really you. Yeah. It's not even the real you. Mm-hmm. It is kind of also a projection, so to speak. That's but right. It helps to keep you thinking that you are you, the individual, uh-huh. as opposed to one with everybody else. And oh, yeah. I had a have a hard time with that. Well, because <laughs> even though, like, Me my too. mom's side, we grew up. And Christian science and all of this stuff. We're also huge, huge sci-fi fans. Mm-hmm. And it's Trekkies. And so mm-hmm. anytime I think of like the one mind or whatever, I think of the Borg. Which oh, is like, yeah. <laughs> they're villains on Star Trek because they all are connected to the one mind. And so I, I always associate <laughs> that mm-hmm. with this even still sometimes. Mm-hmm. But even the ego, it's your ego itself is a projection. That you oh use. yeah, and it's, yeah, and and try. I notice even people who are students of the course, they judge their ego. They say, "Oh, mm-hmm. it's wrong," and this and that. And that's one thing you have to remember: it's no judgment in it. Don't judge it. It's not right. It's not wrong. It just is, and this will help you undo it. So mm-hmm. just think of it in those terms, as opposed to something bad that you need to defeat or conquer or you know what I mean it's just yeah. something that needs to be undone so you can return to love so to speak um, yeah but yeah <laughs> I catch myself daily so I'm grateful to catch it because that means I'm aware absolutely and so I just like I said I'm going to get better with the practical application mm-hmm. of the material in the course Uh huh. so that those dogs thoughts are coming up even less frequently mm-hmm. until hopefully not at all at some point. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to say? Um, I was just, when you brought up forgiveness, there's um, a, a, a section in the course that, you know, uh, for called forgiveness to destroy. And it talks about how uh, we use forgiveness in the world. In the world, we use forgiveness to um, to choose the separation again. Because what we do is when we forgive someone for something that seemingly happens in the world, we're reaffirming that the world is real. Therefore, the ego is real. Therefore, the separation really happened. And, and we, we murder God and... Um, you know, we are, we are real, mm-hmm. you know, um, when really the course's version of forgiveness is 
um, true forgiveness is forgiving others for what has what they did not do mm-hmm. because the separation never happened. This is merely a dream, an illusion. And what they appear to have done um, is, is really just part of the dream. It's a, it's a projection of the dream. And so true forgiveness is, again, forgiving someone not for what they have done. You don't, not for some, you don't make it real, um, but forgiving them for what they have not done. That's forgiveness according to the Course. And uh, for most of us, it's not easy to do that. Amen. Yeah. Because <laughs> we want to nail that, we want to nail that other person to the cross for what they did. Right. You know? But again, that's that's in order to reinforce our egos and and to get rid of the guilt that would come along with that. The guilt has reinforces that they're separate from us, and that's right. It's them, not us, Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. But that Mm -hmm. um, reminds me of I've been studying uh, Dr. Hugh Lin, who does. I'm gonna. I don't understand the word how to say the word I always forget oh. <laughs> the I love you I forgive you I'm sorry thank you hope enough. it's actually mm-hmm. forgive me right yes you, you correct I love me on you that. forgive me thank you I'm sorry but it's not even in that order but the order changes and actually Dr. Hewlin says it doesn't matter what order you say it in but it's a, a ancient Hawaiian technique they use and basically, he kind of says the same thing because they like um, they tell him, how do you use that to heal another person or whatever? He was like, first, I understand that it is no other person, well, that he is me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm not healing him. I'm healing myself or whatever mm-hmm. was in me that created him. Yeah, so it's like all projection. So understanding like they didn't do anything wrong mm-hmm. and I'm healing and correcting myself, so to speak, of my projection of your perceived mm-hmm. wrong. And yeah. So I thought that's oh. really powerful. So I just recently got into his stuff. Um, Dr. Joe Vitale brought him uh, kind mm-hmm. of more public. So I've been watching a lot of their videos and stuff. And, and it's amazing when I see things like that. I always think about the course and how it uh-huh. relates to the course. And even though that ancient Hawaiian and... um. It's like it's been popular for a long time with those um, like Pacific Islanders, Samoans, oh, yeah. like, like years, centuries. And it's like all truth is the same. It's always been there. So, mm-hmm. but um, I love that. And I'm so I'll be getting in more into that. And I love how it relates to this and ties to this because it is, it's, it yeah. is no other person. So if there's no other person, you didn't do anything wrong. But I'm healing my projection of you mm-hmm. <laughs> or your perceived wrong. Yeah, that's quantum forgiveness. Yep. And again, um, like, you know, admitting, like taking that responsibility on, that's huge. Because most people, you know, and, and for me too, like at, 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 at the level of little me, like, mm-hmm. I just want to say, oh, I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what can I do? Yeah. It reminds me of Kenneth Wapnick uh, <laughs> saying, like, the importance of taking responsibility 
for the power of your mind yeah. and accepting what you really are. Because there's a part of us that does not want to accept that. Because that would mean, you know, giving up the ego, but the little, um, me. Yeah. The little me, the separated self and how he understands that, you know, they're a projection of him and he takes responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. So that's someone who's uh, accepting the power of their mind and sort of reconciling that. And then that, that helps to undo the ego tremendously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Was there anything else you wanted to add for tonight? I don't think so. I think just quickly we'll talk about what our kind of plan is mm-hmm. as far as um, we plan to be on every Sunday at seven. Of course, every now and then that may change, but right now we're scheduled out for every Sunday at 7 p.m. And um, instead of like going through the course and order of the lessons, at least for right now, we're kind of just planning on kind of just picking a topic or something in the world and kind of talking to it from a course perspective, so mm-hmm. to speak. Is it is that accurate? Did I say that right? Yes, yes. And then I would like for us January 1st to start with lesson one and go through the actual lessons for um, daily. But mm-hmm. we'll see. I'm real bad at it. <laughs> But by then, I will be disciplined and Uh we can do the lessons together um, because there are 366 of, is it 365 or 366? I'm not sure. I thought it was 365. Maybe it's more. No. Let's see. 365. 365 lessons. So we can do one per day beginning January 1st and then do the lessons throughout the year. And then we'll just talk about the text and answer questions. Um, We have a lot of different books on the course. And we have, um, I told Lydia to get this one. These are, of course, the most commonly asked questions about A Course in Miracles. So we may go through here and pull some stuff out. Um, We've got some Gary Renard, which we talked about earlier. He wrote... Mm -hmm. um, the disappearance of the universe and uh ken wapnick is another one who's really famous probably one of the most popular course teachers um uh-huh. he kind of participated in the writing of it mm-hmm. and i love his stuff too the thing that attracted me to gary renard i think was the fact that he's a smart ass like uh-huh. <laughs> in the dis- his questions like he has a smart mouth that is exactly how i hear myself uh-huh and uh, so that's kind of why it resonated with me so much, I think. Mm-hmm. He's but a good his, introduction to it. He really, really is, especially uh-huh. for people who aren't familiar. Because in um, the way he asks questions and the questions he asks uh, may be the same questions that you have. And yeah. then, of course, Marianne Williamson, she's a longtime course teacher. Um, that's right. We have her books. Um it's, it's just a lot. So a lot yeah. of different people John write Mundy. about the course. Isn't that John Mundy? Yep. John Mundy John, is another yeah. one. Really He's good. another and one. What's the guy you've Gabrielle Bernstein. I think, well, she bases, I don't know if she specifically talks about the course all the time, but I know she based like one of her books on A Course in Miracles. Right. 
her. I have her may cause miracles and the universe has your back. I'm looking at my books, mm-hmm. guys. Um, oh, where's my G- dude? Where's my Jesus fish? That is Mike. Uh-huh. I think you say his his name that way. And then, so we'll be talking about a lot of different people who write about the course or write material mm-hmm. regarding the course as well. So that's kind of our plan for the every Sunday show. And then hopefully as our viewers grow, we'll have more questions. And then we also want to get some course teachers on to teach. Mm-hmm. So I know Lydia has a few in mind that she would like. <laughs> so actually, one of my previous course teachers, um, I want to get her on as well. She actually teaches a Course in Miracle master class that has a workbook Mm-hmm. to go with it so Miss Reverend Cynthia Elamine I would like to invite her on one Sunday as well so we have a lot of different things coming up and um, hopefully you enjoyed this one if you have any questions you can leave the comment or message us in messenger um, we'll have a we have an email returning to love show at gmail.com you can send us questions there uh, we'll also be ripping this video from Facebook and putting it on YouTube. So if you know anybody interested in the course who's not on Facebook, you can share it with them via YouTube. And we're also going to rip the audio from it and do a podcast. So we'll be posting about that um, in the next couple of days as well. But thank you for joining us. That was all I have for tonight. Thanks, Thanks guys. Bria. Thanks, Bria. You're welcome. Talk to you guys and see you guys next Sunday. <laughs> Good night. Good night.